And what is up, guys? I'm Joe DeHoyos. I'm the host of Beyond the Woodline. Uh, been a crazy, hectic week for me, man. But I uh, think God is Friday. Um, real quick, before I uh, introduce our guest, you guys have anything strange, anything weird you guys want to talk about, man, hit me up. You can always uh, find me on, on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, or you can... Email me directly at beyond.woodline at gmail.com. You, you guys just want to talk and tell your stories. I'd be more than glad to listen to it. I've heard a lot of weird, crazy stuff. Uh, so don't worry about feeling that no one's not going to believe you. Uh, even if it is crazy, you know, we all like a little craziness in our life sometimes. And with that being said, I've got my, my new guest here, my latest guest, Mr. Lawrence Milano. How you doing, Lawrence? Good, good. How's it going over there? Yeah, man, it's going great. Great, man. The weather's changing finally. Uh, the heat has been unbearable this summer. And about the last month, we started getting some rain finally for us. And uh, this morning I woke up, it was 58 degrees. It was oh, so nice. So I don't know. Nice. Like, I'm I'm a summer guy, but I'm also a fall guy. I'm anything but a winter guy. I cannot stand the cold whatsoever. So anything above 50 is, like, perfect for me. Anything below 50, done. I hate it. Miserable. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. And it sucks being in Pennsylvania because uh, it's, you know, we get like three weeks of fall. And after that, it's like months and months of winter. And then, you know, summer hits for a little bit. And then right. back to winter, basically. But. Yeah. So how long have you been there in Pennsylvania? Uh, I moved here back in 03 with my family. Um, I was like a freshman in high school. So it's uh, a very, very long time ago. It doesn't feel like it. Um, but yeah, so MPA is not bad, you know, it's filled with little, uh, gems here and there in terms of like hauntings and, and this other strange and unusual, um, treasures. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of strange and unusual, uh, what got you actually involved in this, uh, crazy little field? Uh, it was kind of by accident. Um, you know, I have a YouTube channel called Mondo Docs. Uh, I do a lot of haunted explorations of haunted places, uh, abandoned cemeteries, abandoned buildings, and so forth. And, you know, the idea for Mondo Docs started back like in late 2019 uh, when I was living in Pittsburgh, actually. Um, and the idea was to focus on the more weird, the more obscure side of things of Pennsylvania and parts of New Jersey. And some like hauntings here and there, nothing too crazy on the paranormal side of life. Um, but, you know, then 2020 hits and everything shuts down because like, well, what can you do that doesn't really involve too many people? Well, cemeteries and and abandoned places and, and some other haunted locations and so forth. And I kind of took off from there and really began to focus more on uh, the paranormal and, um, you know, haven't stopped since so that's good that's cool um so when you go back to an abandoned place what what is the process like what is a typical abandoned place for you it depends uh you know i have a few connections here and there people who you know um will suggest a location uh they've been to and i'll look into it and if it's you know something that i think it's worth going risking my health in <laughs> and filming then i'll go check it out uh, but every place is different. Um, but you've been to some crazy places. Uh, I've been to, uh, you know, a state hospital up in Connecticut, which was crazy. Um, for example, you know, we 
it was just me and my girlfriend, Sarah. And we went up there and we really weren't expecting, well, she was, she's been there so many times and she's had quite a few experiences paranormal wise in that state hospital. And it was my first time going and I was just, you know, filming, doing my thing with my camera, not expecting too much. And we went down to the basement and this space is huge, by the way. Um, so we saw maybe like 3% of it, but we're down in the basement and she hears like footsteps and I, I don't really hear it. So I'm like, okay, let me go down with the camera, let me explore and film a little bit. And like a week later, I'm editing the footage together and I get to the part where I'm in the basement and you hear like a whisper, like, Hey, like someone saying, Hey, and it sounds a little far away. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I turn around and mind you, I have these headphones on. So it's, I'm already creeped out. And now I'm like on edge listening. I'm like, okay, did I get anything else? And then you just hear like a, hey, a louder, hey, like two whispers, two whispered hey's within 10 seconds of each other. And that was beyond, um, beyond creepy. But it's always fun going to a place like that, not expecting anything paranormal. And then you get weird things like that, uh, which is not uncommon. You know, I've been to, a Yogi Bear themed campground in West Virginia has been abandoned since the 70s. And as a giant like Yogi Bear statue in the middle of the, of the building, it's it's weird. It's creepy. And, um, you know, I'm filming and I hear nothing. Like, there are no stories about this place online at all. Nothing paranormal, no hauntings, nothing. And I'm editing the footage. And then I just hear like a whispered, nope. Like someone saying nope in a whispered tone. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so like, you know, it's, it's, I think to me, it's the best when you go to a place not expecting much. And then when you, you know, editing the footage together, we get mind boggling results, basically. Um, I just don't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I think anytime you get like an EVP or, uh, uh, any kind of vocal really, uh, on, 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 you know, for as far as audio goes, that's and you're the only one around. That could be kind of creepy, you know. Um, and yeah, no, it's 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 creepy and it's it's fascinating because you don't hear it in person. Um, yeah. That's always it's just it's just weird, just weird, man. And like you know, I've always been a skeptic. Um, even when I opened up this YouTube channel, I was a pretty skeptical person. Then I went to Gettysburg in August of 2020, and like everything kind of shifted basically for me and I, I like i was open to the idea of the paranormal and and you know the idea of, of ghosts and so forth uh but when i went to gettysburg in 2020 that opened the floodgates and since then i've done so many videos in gettysburg and you know every single time it's always been interesting results regarding evps and so forth yeah i've only Myself, I've only captured one EVP. That was in a house that I used to live in. Um, that house was haunted from day one when we moved in. But uh, yeah, one night, uh, my daughter was like, hey, Dad, I saw a dark figure go from one corner of the room to the other corner, you know? So I was like, oh, oh shit. This, you know, at this time, I was, uh, well, I, I, I still do my Bigfoot research. Um, and, but I was, I was really into it at this time. And I had my recorder. I told my son, I said, hey, go grab my recorder. We're going to do an EVP, you know, real quick, you know, which I had never done before. And we were, me and my, other, my two other daughters were standing in the living room. We're talking. 
all of a sudden I see my son come out of my daughter's room. And he's like white as a ghost. He's like, Dad, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. I'm like, what? Because I went into the room. I said, I didn't tell you to go into the room. You're not supposed to wait for me, right? And he's like, well, listen to it. And he hits play and, he's, and he, he says, is anybody here with us? And you hear a voice go, yeah. <laughs> was it like a whisper or was it like a like was it a female a male it was a male it was it was a little bit more than a whisper it wasn't like a very loud talk i mean you could hear it and you yeah. know after this is over I'll, I'll send it to you so you can hear it but yeah i mean you could definitely hear them say is anybody here with us and you're yeah just like that yeah and the, and the worst part is you have to live there <laughs> that's yeah. your house that's why it's like it's so i got a few antiques here and there that are that, that should be cursed or haunted including a human skull to my left, by the way, and like I'm like weary of doing investigations in my own home for that per for that reason. Because what if you do get an EVP or something happens and you have concrete confirmation that yeah, your house is haunted? Um, some people don't mind that; others would not want to live in a haunted house. Like, how do you? How did you feel after that EVP? Like, did you feel un like uneasy living there or? You know, we never felt uneasy. We were startled from time to time. Uh, and like um, one night I, I woke up, I don't know, it was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up and right next to the bed, on my side of the bed, uh, there's a window. And there was a, a a figure standing there, a dark figure. And it, was, and it was definitely a woman. She had the shape of a woman. You could tell she was wearing a dress. And she moved towards me. And when she moved towards me, man, I threw a kick. I said, get away, you motherfucker, you know? And, uh, but that was me getting scared. Right. It, I, I don't think he was trying to scare me or trying to attack me or what or what have you. Um, and then it, and then it vanished. But we had heard footsteps in the house. Uh, we had all seen shadows and figures. Um, I've been poked in the ribs, you know, uh, like poked in the ribs yeah how yeah did, have, have you ever had feel? someone kind of jab you in the ribs you know messing oh, around yeah you know, yeah yeah it, it, it was that same thing it was it was a jab right in the ribs i was sitting on the edge of the bed i was you know contemplating my life decisions you know and i was and i was getting ready for work and i just felt somebody just like poke me in the ribs jab me in the ribs you know and kind of like hey get out of bed go to work yeah, you know like bed, yeah. yeah 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 get to work um oh man no i've never been poked in the ribs by um uh, by a ghost <laughs> um that's yeah. I don't know, man. That's in your own home too. So that's yeah. um, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other um, a whole other beast to deal with. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, my daughter called me one day. Um, she was uh, she was at home. I was at work. She says, "Hey, Dad, I'm sitting down watching the TV." Which the TV was like sitting in front of her, but there's like a little entryway to like a little hallway. If you go to the right, you go to the girls' room. To the left, you went to my son's room. She says, Dad, I'm sitting down, I'm watching TV, and I hear my door open. She had the door closed. She said, I heard my doorknob turn, and I saw it open, and it was a crack. It was in the daytime, so you can see the light coming in from her uh, from her room. She said it cracked open a little bit, but she could see where somebody like looked in through the crack and then came back out. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know, man. See, the, at least when I go to different places to investigate and to explore, if something happens, it's like, okay. You're there. Perfect. Um, just don't come home with me. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine living in a haunted place. I have a few friends who live in, who live in haunted houses. Um, I have two friends, Steve and Pam, who own a haunted bed and breakfast uh, south of Gettysburg. And they live there. Um, and they get to experience all of this all the time. 
Uh, they were telling me, you know, one night they woke up to a man snoring basically right next to them. And they're the only ones in the whole house. And when they got up to check it out, it stops. And they've heard a man yelling and cursing, you know, in different rooms of the of the house, but no one was there. And um, yeah, I, I can't imagine living in a, in a house where you deal with that 24-7, but, you know, it's sure it's quite the experience yeah like i said it, you know we you know we all were on edge at, from time to time but it never was anything i would say you know was had ill intent or anything like that we actually think it was the previous owners because they were the only owners of that house and um so we think it was them you know letting you know, know if, they were still there yeah do you know if they if they passed away peacefully or was it a um they both passed away peacefully um they were like, uh, I believe the husband was like 96 when he passed away. And the wife, she was in her early 90s. So I think she may have been like 92, 93 when she passed. And then he stayed uh, around a couple more years, two or three years before he finally passed. But uh, yeah, they were the only owners of that house. We knew them for years and years. And uh, yeah, so after they moved out, well, after they passed away, because they actually went to hospice, each one individually. Hmm. Um they passed away. The house stayed empty for like five years, and then we wind up uh, moving in and uh, taking over that property. And I just nice. think that house that stayed empty for so many years, we finally moved in, and they were like, "Hey, we're still here. It's still our house," you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were happy that you know they have company. You know, someone's in there. Um, their their home is not completely abandoned now. You know, so I I mean, me personally, if I was them. If I, if I lived somewhere and I passed away and my house was abandoned basically and there was no one living there and it's just kind of decaying, and then a family moved in and took good care of it, I'd be happy. I'd be uh I'd be a happy spirit, you know, for the most yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, um we did some remodeling on that house at one time and uh my cousin that was doing the remodeling, he came over the night before he was supposed to start and he had somebody grabbing his arm. He kept feeling somebody grabbing his arm, and he was—he thought my other cousin was doing it. My cousin was standing too far away, and he walks across the kitchen. He grabs my arm. He goes, "Joe, check us out." And he's grabbing my arm. He goes, "This is how tight I feel like someone's grabbing my arm." He's—he's he's grabbing my arm really tight. That's the crazy. next day, he comes in to start working. He's like, "Hey, come here. I want to show you something." And he shows me his arm. He holds it up, and he's got like four fingerprint bruises on his arm. That's nuts. I, yeah. No, I've only been touched once by, I don't know, like, so when I went to Gettysburg back in August of 2020, we were staying at the Farnsworth House, which is this historic and haunted bedding breakfast. And I've been there maybe five times since then, maybe six times, actually. And this particular night was my first time there. And I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, my friend and I, we were filming and investigating all throughout town on the battlefields and so forth. And, um, you know, we got back to the, the Farnsworth bed and breakfast and we were exhausted and we did some investigating here and there inside the building, nothing too crazy. And when we went to bed, it was around maybe three, 4 AM, you know, I was lying down and I felt like a little, like a little, like maybe a little, not like a poke, but some pressure on one of my, on my, I think my right foot. And I, I became more alert. And at that point, I'm thinking, maybe I'm like, you know, about to fall asleep. Maybe I imagined it. Um, then it happened again, seconds later. 
So now I, I'm even more awake now. And I'm not paralyzed. I'm not like dreaming. I, I'm fully aware of, of where I am and the current situation that I'm in. And then I filmed it a third time. And it was just like someone is basically just leaning on my foot. And to this day, I don't know if I imagined it or, you know, something was really touching my foot um, in that bed. But I've been there, like I said, maybe five or six times now since then. And I've been with people who got touched, but, you know, whether it's in bed or in a tub. Uh, an experiment we like to do is have someone sit in the bathtub in one of the rooms. And, you know, my friend Danny, she um, had her hood tucked on yeah. while in the tub. You know, she just kind of sat in it uh, as an experiment, felt someone tug on a hoodie. Um, my friend Michelle took an actual bath, like an actual bath in that bathtub. And we're the only ones in the building, basically. And I'm in the room on my camera, my phone, just doing whatever. She's taking a bath. And I just hear like a woman going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like humming away, thinking it's her, just humming in the bathroom, whatever. And it stops. And then she just goes, Lawrence, was that you? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't you? She goes, no. This humming happened like three feet in front of her, basically. Um, that creeped her out beyond belief. Uh, to the point where I began packing the bags. I was convinced she's going to want to leave, but luckily she didn't. Um, you know, but that place, man, the Farnsworth house in Gettysburg, it's like, I have so many goddamn stories from that place because it's just, it's mind blowing how active it is. Uh, and it's mostly in winter in the summer in the fall, not so much, but in the winter when it's dead and it's basically empty, that's when it's, you know, that place comes alive and it's, Strange. I wonder if there's a theory behind that. I don't know what it is yet. Um, but you know, that, that place, whatever is there, it makes itself known. Yeah. What about the, uh, cemeteries? Have, have you, I know you said you, you visit some abandoned cemeteries. Have you had any creepy experiences at the cemeteries? Not really. I know people always say, Oh, this cemetery is haunted or that cemetery is haunted. Um, I don't really believe cemeteries are haunted or they have, if there's any reason why they should be haunted, you know, a, a cemetery or a graveyard, um, is, you know, they're places of peace and rest. Um, right. you go there, your, your organic bodies at rest. Um, in theory, your soul should be at rest and so forth. Right. You know, the idea is that it's a resting ground. There's no reason why it should be haunted, but. That's just me, you know, until I have an experience in a cemetery, maybe my opinion will change then. Um, but no, you know, I, I love going to cemeteries. I went to one today, actually, for a little walk around town. Um, but um, yeah, I've been to a few here and there. Um, you know, I like to go online and see which ones are abandoned. There's one kind of two hours from here in central Pennsylvania that's been neglected since the 1800s. And it's cool to go kind of like in the woods and find this random cemetery and it's just there rotting away. Uh, it's sad because it's, you know, it's almost forgotten basically, but you know, it's, it's, that's why it's necessary to go visit these locations, you know, to show these resting souls that, you know, Hey, you know, you are still being visited. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, on the fence with cemeteries. I, I don't know if they would be, you know, haunted per se. Right. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I think that our bodies are just our vessels, you know, and, and after that, we go and take care of whatever business we need to take care of. And uh, I think when we come back uh, to visit, we don't, we're not going to go to the cemetery, you know, unless our loved ones are all hanging out there, you know. But Some uh, cemetery afterlife party going on there, you know. Yeah, it's like, hey. yeah, there you go. You know, I think maybe like if a group of loved ones showed up or maybe, if, you know, even a group of uh, investigators show up to a particular gravesite or to a particular uh, cemetery where people haven't been visited. Maybe they'll they'll show up then, but uh, like my father passed away in, in 2010, and uh, I, I don't go to the cemetery not because uh, and people always think oh it's hard for Joe to go see his dad because me and my dad were like best friends and I miss him terribly, but I don't think that's where he's at you know if that makes sense uh, right because I always feel him when he's around and I always know when he's around. Um, uh, when I lived in San Antonio, I moved out there from 2017 to 2019. Um, we lived in a two-story. Me and my, my daughter lived in a two-story uh, townhouse. She was doing clothes one day, and I was upstairs, and I looked downstairs, and uh, I threw some clothes down to her. I said, here, you know, watch this while you're, while you're down there. So she picks up the clothes, and right next to me, there's a light switch, and the light switch came on. and it, I mean, it flicked right on. I heard it flick. I saw the light above me turn on. And I just said, man, that's dad. That's got to be my dad, you know. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I just really, really felt his presence. So a couple of years later, I uh, moved back here in 2019, and I'm at my mom's house, and I'm telling my mom, you know what? I said, I, I always know when dad's around. I just can feel him when he's around. And I, and I told her about that incident. And right when I told her about the light switch flicking on, the light switch in the kitchen flicked on. It just flicked on right on cue. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just perfect. And... Uh, uh, I, I know it was him, and it, it was a, the funny thing about that is uh, just within the last, I don't know, month, maybe even two months, my uncle, which is my dad's twin brother, uh, I told this story before. He happened to be watching the show, and he called me up. He goes, hey, you know, you're talking about the light switch. He goes, your Uncle Joe, which is who I'm named after, he goes, your Uncle Joe used to do that to your dad because uh, my, uh, my parents, they got divorced for weird circumstances. They still love each other very, very much. Uh, but my dad was living in the house that he grew up in with my Uncle Joe. My Uncle Joe passes away, and my dad's still living there. Um, but the light switch would come on all the time, you know. And he would hear the door, like someone knocking on the front door. He would go open the front door and, and like, "Hey, come on in, Joe. I know it's you." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, my dad wound up remarrying. He moved out to a place called Pearland, which is south of Houston, about an hour south of Houston, I guess. Uh, he moved there, and they had a doorbell that that didn't work, and the doorbell would ring, and my dad would go to the front door and open the door and say, "Come on in, Joe." You know, he said, "I just always knew it was your uncle Joe." That's what he told my uncle. I always knew it was my uncle Joe, you know, or my brother Joe. But uh, oh, yeah, I just think that uh, that's, that was kind of funny that they happened to him, and then it happened to me a couple times already. Right. It validates the whole idea when other people have the same experience. Um, right. it's not just you. Cause you mentioned before, you know, you might feel crazy or, you, you know, these crazy things happen to you or whatever. You know, it's like, you feel like you're crazy sometimes when things happen, um, like a paranormal experience. Um, but you know, with the humming and the bathroom, for example, that happened back in Gettysburg, you know, it was both Michelle and I, we both experienced this woman humming, you know, this wasn't her, this wasn't me. 
you know, you have two people who can confirm they heard the same exact thing. And it validates that, that yes, someone was humming. Um, right. The question is, who was humming? And when there's no one else around, <laughs> um, it gets a little weird, but it makes you feel a little less crazy. Um, which is, you know, why I like going alone to do certain things, but also not really, because if something does happen, it's only, only I experienced it. Which is why I always make sure I'm filming and recording at all times in case anything does happen. I'll have it on camera. Um, you know, so far on camera, I mostly just got in EVPs. Um, you know, even like little motion balls, um, which I want near me, but I don't. You know, we like to use these uh, little cat toys, little light up motion balls. They're right. basically motion sensors. When you touch them, they light up. Um, but they're very effective when it comes to paranormal investigating, um, depending how they're lighting up. Um, could it be just, you know, faulty cat toys, perhaps? But when they go off in responsive manners, makes things a little more interesting. Um, for example, you know, I was in back in Gettysburg, <laughs> uh, at the Jenny Wade house. And even though Jenny Wade, she was the only civilian to, you know, the only known civilian to have been killed during the three day battle of Gettysburg. Um, so we were in the house that where she died in and she, um, we, well, I was upstairs. Uh, the other two, they were downstairs in the basement. It was just me on the second floor by myself and I had a little cop motion ball on the one bed. I'm like, hey, you know, someone's here with me. You know, I have a I have a ball here. You can make this light up. Just touch it, see what happens. And it lit up, which is cool. I'm like, okay, maybe this is a faulty ball. Let me try again. I'm like, hey, thank you. Thank you for, you know, lighting that up. Fantastic. Um, can you do that one more time for me? Lights up. Uh, I'm like, all right. Thank you so much. So without pushing my luck any further, I just pick up the ball and carry on to the next room. But um, I forget where I was going with this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I keep bringing up Gettysburg because I absolutely recommend whoever's watching the stream. You know, I recommend if you can go to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. If you're into the paranormal, the strange, um, Gettysburg is the place to go to. Um, it's, you know, and everyone I talked to is like, oh, I've been there when I was in like eighth grade for a field trip, you know, for a history class. Um which is great. You know, it's, it's a very historical town for tragic reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, my opinion, you can't really have um, hauntings without history. You know, right. those hauntings do have a history background to it, to them. And, you know, Gettysburg is definitely no exception to that. It's one of the most haunted towns in America and it's uh, for a good reason. Yeah. You know, um, so like I do the, you know, the whole Bigfoot thing. And I think that there's actually a lot more paranormal stuff that goes on in the woods than people. Oh yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I have a friend, uh, Chad, who, um, who is a, uh, pretty much a certified, uh, Sasquatch hunter. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's had so many bizarre experiences out in the woods. Um, right. you know, he's been on this, uh, him and his friend, they do his podcast called, um, strange familiars. Okay, um, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. They're based right here in Pennsylvania. Um, it's kind of central ish Pennsylvania yeah. and they don't go out in the woods at night with a, you know, with a mic, uh, or an audio recorder. And, um, you know, they get some, some bizarre things. They'll get EVPs of, you know, 
dogs barking when they didn't hear any dogs barking or rocks being thrown at them from nowhere. Right. Uh, and they'll have lights shining down like, like, hey, we can hear footsteps down where we have, you know, lights on, but there's no one there. There's nothing there. No animal is walking. No person's down there, but we hear footsteps. Um, but yeah, they've had experiences with whoever, whatever, throwing rocks at them, which is a very, I think, a very Sasquatch kind of thing. I think they're known to throw rocks at people, right. um, maybe as a, you know, warning sign. I'm, I'm not too familiar with uh, that. Uh, you might be more experienced um, when it comes to that. But um, yeah, PA has a lot of Sasquatch um, experiences and sightings. But yeah, I mean, I think Chad believes that Bigfoot is more of a um, um, supernatural entity, not so much an organic being, um, which I'm not sure how you feel about that. Um, where Bigfoot is more, I guess the theory is that it manifests itself into something that we are familiar with, um, which is why we might see a humanoid-like creature in the woods that we think, oh my God, this is it's not Sasquatch, but really it's some entity manifesting itself to look more like a human or attempt to be a human um, to kind of give that false impression. I really don't know. I never dwelled that deeply into Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Um, but no, I think the lore behind it is, um, is fascinating. Yeah, I think uh, I'm more of the flesh and blood type mm -hmm. um, believer myself. Uh, I don't think, um, I mean, I, I think there are other entities out there, you know, for sure. I, I think there are other entities that get kind of lumped in with Sasquatch, you know. Um, that's just my personal belief based on the people that I've talked to who actually ran into it. So. Uh, they seem to think it's flesh and blood. So I've never seen one, you know. But, right. Uh, yeah, neither, neither have I. And, you know, I hear the argument. It's like, well, if, you know, if Sasquatch is real, then we should have found the bones already. It's like, no, we shouldn't have. You know, when a when any creature dies in the woods, deep in the woods, that it's untouched, um, some national forest somewhere, you know, what happens to that carcass? It breaks down into bone matter, into a skeleton, basically. And that skeleton remains can sink into the soil um, be covered in, be covered in pine needles. Animals can come and pick the bones apart and bring them miles away from that original location. Right. So no, that whole argument where oh we should have found the bones, you know, it's like, no, that's that doesn't that's not how that works. Yeah, you know, there are like park rangers where they're like black bear or brown bear or grizzly bear. So tell you that they've never come across a dead bear. You know, yeah, they worked there for 20, 25 years. They've never found a dead bear. Uh, so. Well, yeah, because you know when things die in the woods, you know they they go into a bunch of different directions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, nature is a is a son of a bitch. Um, it's, so it's with pretty efficient at cleaning itself. You know, I saw this deer uh, right outside of Houston in a place called Magnolia. It was on the side of the road. It had just got hit, and in three days, it was just skin and bones. Literally three days, all the vultures and all the animals came, and I mean, it was it was amazing how and it was on the side of the road. Can you imagine? In a forest, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All those, you got, yeah, you got um, wolves, coyotes, um, who knows what, um, all types of vultures, who knows what else that can come and just kind of pick your bones and scab. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention bacteria. Bacteria clean up pretty quick, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, 
you have so many cave systems that are undiscovered and untouched in this country and throughout the world even. Um, you know, who's not used to say that a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch type creature might not live in the you know in a cave somewhere deep under the soil, and when it dies, it dies in the cave. That's right. you know, and maybe that cave could collapse on itself and become undiscovered for thousands of years. So I don't know. There's so I, I like to think that there's some organic creature out there in a Sasquatch fashion. Um, there probably is, yeah. but I've never never seen it. I do want to do a Bigfoot documentary sometime, hopefully early next year. Uh, I think my friend Chad hit me up. He wants to do some shooting sometime in the fall. So, you know, that could be the next big project that I do is a Bigfoot documentary. So right. we'll see, see where, where now where that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pennsylvania is actually a pretty good area for Sasquatch activity. It's actually a pretty good area. Did you know, you know, every state has its own cryptid. You know, West Virginia has the Mothman. Jersey has a Jersey devil. Uh, what does Texas have? Um, I know we have a couple of lake monsters. I don't know what they're called, but I know we have a couple of lake monsters here. Well, uh, Pennsylvania has a, our state cryptid is a, uh, it's called a squonk. And it's basically a self-loathing hog. And uh, found in Northeast, well, found it, the lore is Northeastern Pennsylvania. And it's a self-loathing pig, basically, or a wild hog covered in warts. And when you see it and you critique its horrific appearance, the idea is that the squonk dissolves in its own tears and kind of just vanishes. And I'm like, that's the cryptid we get in Pennsylvania. The Jer you know, Jersey gets Jersey Devil, West Virginia gets Mothman, and we get a depressed wild hog, essentially, uh, which is depressing on its own. <laughs> but, um, you know, take what you can get. So, but yeah, no, there's a lot of Sasquatch reportings in Pennsylvania, especially Western Pennsylvania. I'll be enough. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I know for this documentary that I want to do, uh, we're probably going to go out in the woods, you know, in the night, you know, with a night vision camera and maybe do some EVP sessions, you know, and, and so forth and see what comes out of that. But yeah. 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 You know, then every region has like its own uh, creature, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, you have like, uh, what is the the beast of Whitehall? Yeah, that's familiar. Uh, yeah, the beast of Bray Road. Uh, of course, you have the uh, Boggy Creek monster. You yeah, know, the Sabine thing. Well, we have a miniature Sasquatch here in Pennsylvania too, called the Albatwish. I think it's called, and it's there's an yeah, there's even it's, it's like a miniature. Imagine like a short version of Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. And there's even an Albatwish festival. Um, kind of oh, like in central-ish Pennsylvania. It's very small. I went there last year. Uh, I think it's every October, but it's it's pretty small. But you know, a lot of vendors show up, and people are very dedicated to this creature. That's basically a small Sasquatch. I think they call it like Bigfoot sort of brother or something crazy like that. Um, I'm not sure if it's real, um, but you know, I think I'd rather have that as our cryptid than the squonk. But mm -hmm. you know. Maybe we'll get a squonk festival eventually. So <laughs> that, that, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when I was living outside of San Antonio, I, so where I actually lived at was called Universal City. And right next to Universal City was a place called Converse. Yeah, I, I live right at, right, right at the sign, as a matter of fact, you know, the city limit sign. And, uh, 
So I was at work one day, and I saw this young gentleman. He came in. He had on a Bigfoot shirt. So, of course, me, you know, I'm going to go talk to him. Hey, man, right. What's going on, Actually. Man? Yeah. What's up with your shirt? Are you into Bigfoot? Or what? He goes, he said, oh, me and my dad, we like watching the shows or whatever, you know. He goes, but um, he says, you know, it's just something that, that I like. I'm not really like an investigator or go out looking for it. I said, that's cool, man. He goes, he goes, you know, we have one uh, here locally. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, it's, it, it's called the Converse Werewolf. I said, what? He's like, yeah, it's called the Converse Werewolf. So I Googled it. And sure enough, man, it, like, it was like the 1880s, 1890s. A farmer has sent his kid out to go hunting. And the kid comes back pretty quickly. and like, hey, dad, there's a monster out there. And he goes, there's no such thing as a monster. <laughs> get out there and look for this creature, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, go uh, get some deer or whatever. So he th- the kid doesn't come back. The next morning, the father rings up, rounds up a couple of his friends. They go out looking for his son, and they find his son dead. But there's this monster, like a werewolf, eating at his body. And they all take shots at the monster, but they all miss, you know. So yeah, that was called the Converse Werewolf. Of course, they missed. Why? You yeah. know, why? Why? Yeah, that's that's how that's how that that's how that works. <laughs> but wow, yeah, I never heard of that one. Yeah. But. Yeah, werewolves. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in werewolves or not. Not really. What about Dogman? Dogman? I don't know too much about Dogman. I keep I, somehow Dogman is trending. Uh, I keep seeing the name everywhere now, especially on YouTube right. and, and TikTok. But um, no, I, I don't know too much about Dogman. Um, yeah. Is there a Cliff Notes version of it? Can you explain what Dogman is? Well, so a lot of people think it's it's. It's a canine creature that walks on two feet. Well, actually, that it, it can go on all fours like a big wolf, basically. Um, and it, what is so weird about this creature is that people report that when it stands up on two feet, they can actually hear it, its bones popping, its joints popping. And it actually like... Uh, sounds like me trying to... Yeah, it really sounds like me when every morning I get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll say that it, it it's like adjusting itself as it stands up. You know, and I've heard this story so much. I mean, I've heard it in the last 10 years and I still hear it to this day. But like here between Austin and San Antonio, it's called the Hill Country. Okay. Um, and so this really re- reported in that whole area where people had their sightings of uh, this dogman here in Texas. Anyway, uh, there's a couple of sightings out in the forest that is north of Houston where I go research. It's called uh, San Houston Forest. And then they have a little bit further north, you have the Davy Crockett. Uh, forest, and so those both forests have reports, but it's overwhelming Bigfoot reports. Um, but s- there, there's also a thought that it's not really a canine; that it's still a, a primate, much like a baboon. You know, because it has Can a. Can you snout. imagine seeing a baboon in the woods? You just right, going for a little right. hike throughout the trails, and you see a, just a giant baboon, and yeah, but from, you can yeah. see where people would say you look like a werewolf. You know, if it's got right. a snout, you know. But, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I don't know. I've never seen one, so, you know. I, I've never seen a baboon in person, so. Yeah, I just know but, they have, I mean, like, you know, baboons are mean as hell. So uh, Most most uh, apes and monkeys are. They, I, yeah, people yeah. are like, people are always like, I want a pet monkey. I'm like, hell no. These things hell will rip your man. face off when they feel they like will, it. Yeah, and that's the first thing they go for is your face and your Yeah, eyes. they'll yeah. throw shit on you and rip your face <laughs> off. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'll stick with cats. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. primates are, uh, well, you know. Apes are, are dangerous, man. They're dangerous. I don't know how people fool around with them. But somehow Sasquatch is peaceful, right? Like, I've never heard anyone There are a lot of a... Uh, aggressive encounters, you know. Well, I know the whole throwing rocks thing and, like, throwing logs at people. I've heard those stories and so forth. But have people experienced 
other extreme violent yes, behaviors? Yes, I know okay. of uh, quite a few incidents where people were like physically attacked. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I won't talk about that on the air. I'll talk about that after if you want to listen to some stories. Interesting. But, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, people that have ran into them have told me these things were not happy that I was around, and they were escorted <laughs> out abruptly out of the woods. You know. Um, wow. And you know, there there tends to be like a moment of uh, where they work themselves up to you know to go to that next level. So just because somebody runs into them and they run and they get rocks or sticks thrown at them doesn't mean that's as bad as it gets. Right. If they stick around a little bit longer, another night or two nights, it'll probably get a lot worse. Yeah, yeah I think I've heard that, you know, rock throwing and, and so forth are just warning signs, like warning shots, basically. Like, yeah. hey, there's a little pebble I'm going to throw at you. That's yeah. your warning to leave immediately. Right. I think my friend Chad one time was in the woods and had this an audio recording, but it was like, hey, you know, is there a sign you want to give us to leave the woods? We will. And you just hear like rock just being thrown against a tree right next to them. And, you know, from that point, they're like, okay, point taken. We're going to, you know, get on out of here. I I can't imagine experiencing that in the woods. You know, know, there are plenty of videos where people see these big bear walk right next to them and kind of look at them. And that doesn't mean, hey, come follow me through the woods. No, you know, no, I, I, absolutely not. Yeah, you yeah. see this video of so people like in the tree stands hunting and so forth, and oh, the yeah. bears are climbing the trees. And even if they're just walking, they just see a bear right next to them. And luckily, those black bears are, you know, they're not the most aggressive. You don't want to, you don't want to mess with them. You don't want to provoke them. You want to make, you know, and just be cool about it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I've only seen a bear a few times. Um, I think the last time was a couple of years ago when I was cycling um, by my parents' house, and they live in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, I'm just going for a little bike ride. I'll, I'll visit them for a day and then take my bike out and do whatever. And I took, I took a left onto the road. And about maybe 50 feet, I just see this big old black bear head peeking out from the cornfield, looking down at me. I'm thinking, okay, I'll take a little detour around and leave the bear uh, to its own business, but um, no, it's 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 startling to see a bear in person because uh, they're almost they are unpredictable creatures. You don't know how they're going to react. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine. I don't know. What would you have? A bear or a baboon? A bear. A bear? Yeah. yeah okay. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. Back. So I'm a little bear on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm, I'm picturing a baboon from the woods, and I'm just, it's it's a terrifying vision. But, you know. Yeah, uh, but I've definitely heard people talk about, um, I, I don't know if you want to call it mind speak or whatever, but the people have said they've heard that. They've experienced that. Um, uh, I talked to a young lady. She was on my show a couple months ago where she saw like a vision in her head while she was out four-wheeling with her mom, riding four-wheelers through the wilderness. And she said she got this vision. And in this vision she got, there was a Sasquatch in it. And she said she got this uh, feeling of love and peace, but she also got this feeling of sadness and stuff. And then she said she gets back to her camp later on that day. And come nighttime, she, she winds up seeing it at night. 
the, the same creature she had saw, like in her in her head, you know. Uh, a very credible woman, you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. what she actually saw and experienced, I don't know. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell her what she didn't see or what she didn't experience, but I 100% believe her. Yeah, I, I want to do more videos on cryptids in general. Um, hopefully, the Sasquatch thing takes off. Um, you know, I would love to do one on the squonk <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there who believes the squonk is real. Uh, real. Um, and if they're watching, I'm not making fun of you. I, what do you believe? What do you want to believe in? Um, but the squonk is the least believable uh, cryptid in my opinion. <laughs> uh, right next to the Jersey Devil. But. Um, but we actually, my girlfriend and I went to, we went to um, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, back in July to the Mothman Lair and the Mothman Museum, uh, which was cool. Uh, we went down just to film Mothman stuff, essentially. And that video is on my YouTube channel. It's called Finding Mothman. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, we went to the museum, which was fascinating. Uh, but we went to the Mothman Lair, which are basically just a bunch of old abandoned world war ii tnt bunkers you know they use these bunkers to store tnt explosives and eventually they just kind of stopped and now they're just kind of there abandoned uh but they're open to the public you can walk in and, you know be respectful don't vandalize um you know they're covering graffiti and so forth but we went in during the daytime which was cool and we went back at night to do some more filming and the one bunker we went in um, we were just kind of, you know, we walked in, we were filming and I asked Sarah, my girlfriend, something, and then she responds. Um, and all of a sudden you hear, you hear a man go, hello. And it echoes as if there's someone else in the bunker with us, but there was no one else. This is me and her. Uh, it's strange. Um, I recommend watching the video and check it out because it's friggin' weird. It makes no sense. And it's not like a weird, you know, most EVPs are like, hey, or whispers or like muffled, weird voices. This is clear as day. Um, and mind you, we didn't expect anything to happen, which goes back to our point earlier about going to places not expecting any results or anything haunted or paranormal wise, and you get ridiculous EVPs. This is a perfect example of that happening. Um, we went in, you know, we don't, I don't believe in Mothman. I don't think Mothman is a real thing. But hearing a man in the footage saying hello as if there he's with us is mind-boggling. Oh. It doesn't make any sense. goes beyond any reason. Um, you know, I my theory is that maybe it's two universes, two dimensions crossing over each other, basically. Right. You know, maybe... You know, it's World War II, and it's just, there's this military officer in the bunker storing explosives or doing whatever, and then our dimensions somehow crossed over each other, and he hears us coming in and talking. So he's thinking, "Hello," and then we heard that "Hello." I don't know. That's a that's a far fetched theory, um, but it's it was weird. It's it was a weird thing. So that was yeah. I don't know. But the Mothman Bunkers, I'm not sure if you've ever been there before, but it's, you know, Point Pleasant's a very interesting town. Yeah, that's definitely on, on my bucket list. Um, I've got some cousins, they they were doing paranormal investigation for a while, even before I got into the Bigfoot thing. But he was telling me that they went to a, uh, 
It was a, in Victoria, Texas. It's like an old fort. And uh, they were there. They were doing their investigation. The next morning, they're packing up and they're getting their gear together. And as they're leaving, they're like, uh, okay, you know, we're leaving now. You know, thank you for letting us come or what have you. And uh, they hear a woman's voice say, no, don't go. And he said they all heard it. There was like three or four of them there. And they all heard that woman's voice go, no, don't go. Just out loud like that. And they heard it in person. It was, yeah. it was a disembodied voice. That's, right. That's, yeah, they heard it. Yeah. When you hear it in person, that's crazy. Right. Like the Mothman bunker, we hear, like most voices in we catching footage, we don't hear at all in real time. But when you hear a disembodied voice like that in real time, that's, yeah, that's something else, man. That's, yeah. especially if there's no one else around and you just, it's yeah. strange. You know, like I remember a few months ago, well, more than that, in Gettysburg, again, you know, we're in this one room and we're doing an EVP session and it was just three of us in the whole building. That's it. And, you know, we have an, you know, a recording, audio recorder is a DR60 uh, Panasonic audio recorder. And, you know, we're asking whose room is this? And the response we got was someone saying, get out. But it was like a very disgruntled kind of voice. And that's also on YouTube in my Humpings of Gettysburg documentary, GMS plug. But it's, um, it's weird. And the thing is, they, that voice was heard also in real time. But it was very faint to the point where it's like, did you, did you hear that? Or was that, was that something? Was that just a noise? But then you hear it on the recording and it's clear as day, someone's voice. Like it's, I don't know, man, it's some, some EVPs are just so unsettling too to hear. <laughs> um, and I know we are going to, so I think in November, we're going up to Massachusetts to this Murdoch Whitney house. I don't know too much about it. But when my girlfriend went there last time, she it was her and her sister and the owner of the place. And they're the only ones in there. And they just kept hearing a woman's voice upstairs the entire time. Like there's a woman giggling and talking. And it's like, that's, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Disembodied voices are a whole other level of weirdness, you know? All right. Are you friends with a guy named Adam Began? I don't know the name now. Okay. He has... Uh... A podcast is called uh, Historically Haunted Podcast. Yeah, okay, now I know. What it Dude, is, this man. guy is so great on finding out the history of places. I mean, everywhere this guy goes, he finds out the histories. And I think he's in Maine, but I think he's done stuff in Massachusetts, too. So you should reach out to him, man. He's he's a really great guy, too, man. You'd like him a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I think it's necessary to learn I know the history of places. I know some people don't like knowing the history. They want to go in right. and feel the place and embrace it. And then, but it's like, I get that. But also you have to, like I said before, you can't really have a haunting without history. You know, you have right. to know the history of the place. Same with Gettysburg. I mean, it's, it's, it helps to learn what happened there and the history of a certain spot or location. And it can really help enhance the experience you're going to have there right. yeah. and the investigation. You know, you right. need to know this trigger points and trigger words and so forth. Um, I don't know. I like knowing yeah. the history of places. Um, it helps a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. Like we went to Penhurst Asylum here in Pennsylvania, uh, which is a very historic abandoned um, state hospital. Uh, but they do ghost tours there. They have a haunted house every Halloween, every October. Um, but 
we went there for an investigation. Eh, there was like maybe a few of us there, but you know, we got the whole history of the place. And we were in this one building where the patients, um, whenever a patient would bite themselves or bite another patient, they would get a, uh, a warning like, hey, don't bite anyone, including yourself. Uh, third time it happens, they'll get the teeth pulled out basically. Oh, wow. And, you know, we were in the dentist office, basically like, like, Hey, you know, it's time to go to the dentist office. We warned you not to bite anyone and so forth. Um, and you know, it's, I think that definitely helped the investigation a little bit. <laughs> um, so it's good to know that kind of history and kind of, um, you know, role play basically, right. Um, right, yeah. that could, you know, it could help in my opinion, trigger whatever is there. Every situation, every place is different. Um, but I think, you know, if you put yourself in that position, you put yourself in that history, um, I think you're going to get a pretty different experience than if you didn't know the history of the place. If that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think what people don't want to do is to uh, feed themselves with information and then get there. And, right. But at the same time, your audio and your video equipment isn't going to know. You know, it's, it's going to pick whatever up that happens, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I know at Penhurst, that place is crazy. I recommend you find yourself in PA, Pennsylvania. Check out Penhurst. Um, it's it's crazy. You know, we were there and I think there were eight, nine of us in this hallway by, by these double doors and just kind of hanging out. And someone hears like a whisper kind of near them. And we're like, we didn't hear it. And all of a sudden, you just hear a woman giggling, like cackling, like, ha, 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 like for two seconds. And we all heard it in real time. We have it, we have it on video, too. And it was just strange. Mm -hmm. And after that, Sarah and I are in the building by ourselves. Everyone's in, like, maybe, like, a half mile away in the other building. And this is the two of us walking down this hallway. And then you just hear a woman in the distance going, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm humming away uh, in the night. And we have that on video too. And that's just like that place, man. I know. I, I was the first or oh, second state hospital I've been to. And at, state hospitals are just like magnets for that kind of thing, apparently. So yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's man. I mean, I, I think it was a place for a lot of traumatic experiences. That, that oh, and Penhurst, through, you know? Penhurst was just basically just a torture dungeon Right. For you know the physically and mentally handicapped, um, unfortunately, uh, so that place has seen a lot of tragic history, a lot of abuse. Uh, you know, it's one of the darkest chapters in American history. That place, yeah. um, so that place is going to be rich with activity and who knows what else. Yep, yep, you're right about that. Um, you know, real quick too, I wanted to tell you a, a, a story to get your opinion on it. So back in April, my mom, she turned 72. We had a party for her. Um, we had a party on a Sunday. Uh, that Tuesday was uh, actually my dad died in 2012. I'd say I said 2010. But he died in 2012. It was 10 years in April when he had passed away. So we had a party for her on that Sunday. That Tuesday was his 10-year anniversary of his death. So like my brother, my sister, my uncle, which is my dad's twin brother, and my aunt, his wife, um, we're all going to go to the cemetery together. And, uh, uh, but it wind up raining that Tuesday and they wind up canceling it. So 
my brother called me Tuesday. He goes, yeah, we didn't wind up going to the cemetery, but I got, I got something I want to tell you. And I'm like, well, yeah, what's up? He said, Sunday at the party, Madison, which is my niece, she just turned 15. He goes, she came up to me at the party and says, hey, Uncle Jesse, I keep hearing Grandpa's voice. And he's saying uh, he's glad that we had the party for Grandma and that he's happy for her and that she deserves it. Uh, but he didn't tell me anything about this. So like I said, Tuesday, because on Tuesday, when my uncle said, hey, look, it's raining, it's going to be too muddy to go, we'll just have to reschedule it. Uh, he said, but I want to tell you something that happened at the party with your aunt, you know, uh, my uncle's wife. He said, uh, your aunt heard your dad's voice, and he, he said that he was glad that, you know, we gave her the party, that he was happy for her, and that when her time comes, he'll be waiting for her. You know, so my aunt and my and my niece, neither one of them knew the other one had heard the story. Right. Yeah. Uh, or that neither one of them knew that the other one had heard my dad's voice. But... It was at the same place at the same party, you know. That's weird. I mean, you know, he was there. (laughs) It was basically the same message to both of them, you know. That reminds me of um, of this place called the Cash Town Inn, which is a uh, bed and breakfast in, guess where? Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, (laughs) um, where these two owners, uh, now it's under new ownership. And when they first took over, they had this um, lady come in and, you know, she came down in the morning was like, Hey, I had this experience where the supposedly the spirit, whoever came visit her that night told her to tell the owners, um, you know, a very specific detail of how they're handling the place and, and, a, and a positive note. And like a week later, the same thing happens with a different person. The owner is like, hey, how's your sleep? How was your night? To a completely different guest. And they tell the owner the same exact thing what the person the week before told them. Two oh, different wow. people wow. did not know each other. I think the one was yeah. from Australia. Like, they didn't know each other, but they told them the same exact thing, basically. And it's like, what in the... <laughs> so, I, I mean, but when it comes to... Um, you know, hearing the same person's voice at the same location between two different people who didn't tell each other, you know, what they experienced. I don't know. I mean, that's it's it's strange. Obviously, he was there at the party right. um, in some in some sense, and um, you know, he had a he had something to say. Right. So that's yeah. you know, I, I don't think. I mean, what? You know, and I wanted to say this earlier. You know. When it comes to your your home and the, the current spiritual residents there who are haunting your place, um, you know, you mentioned they they weren't really trying to scare you, or maybe it wasn't intentionally um, frightening. I don't think. Do you think? I hate the term. I, hate, I don't. I don't hate the term ghosts, but I, don't, I think there'd be a better ways of describing whoever is ha- or whatever is haunting different locations. But we'll call them ghosts for now. Um, like, do you think they tried to frighten the living or do you think for the most part, they just have something to say? They have a message they want to give you the living. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I think for the most part, they either want you to know that they're still around or, um, you know, maybe they are trying to give you a message and for whatever reason you can't hear it, but they're going to keep trying, you know, um, 
So I don't think for the most part anything is 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 bad. You know, I think there are yeah. some instances, but I think for the most part it's not. I think it's just scary to get touched when there's nobody around. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the fear of the unknown, and we're you know we were we were raised on you know horror movies portraying uh, the paranormal as something truly scary and malicious and violent. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I don't think it's violent or malicious. I mean, I get nervous when it comes to certain investigations i've only really been like scared a few like a handful of times um i think gettysburg when i got my foot touched that definitely scared me um i was unsettled that something touched me um and like i said to this day i'm not sure if it even happened or i imagine it but you know another time where i was scared was at my friend's bedding breakfast south of gettysburg you know, I was the only one in that house, basically. I remember I booked a room there on a Monday or Sunday or a Monday in the springtime of last year. And they're like, hey, so, you know, welcome to the you know Hoover House here in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're great people, by the way. Um, you know, like, hey, we're going to leave the house for a few hours, but the place is all yours. So have at it. So I, was, I had the whole house to myself, essentially, this, this 1912 former nursing home of a house um, all by myself. And, you know, when I was going there, when I was driving there, I was kind of like another impression. I'm like, you know what? This space just opened up as a bedding breakfast. There's not many stories online about it. I'm kind of skeptical. But as soon as I walked in there, my feeling changed completely. And I don't really get that at all anywhere. But you just feel like all eyes are on you. You feel like you're just surrounded by people who are just watching your every move, every step you take. And I've been there quite a few times since then. I went there a few months ago and that feeling never changed. Wherever you go in that damn house, you feel like you're being watched. Um, that's a very common feeling for a lot of people who go there. But it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, when I was there by myself, it was definitely kind of a scary, um, scary experience. Um, but that's really the only time I could think of maybe, maybe the orphanage in Gettysburg um, where I'm in the basement by myself. And, you know, you just, I just hear this whisper like, Hey, down the hallway of the basement. And that made me jump out of, like out of my skin, basically. Uh, luckily it's on camera. That video is also on YouTube, but it's uh, yeah. Those two times, the Hoover house by myself, and being in the basement of an orphanage in Gettysburg, those two times really got to me. Um, but for the most part, you know, other places you feel like you're just kind of being washed a little bit and you know you're not alone, but being scared, you know, you, nothing's really, my opinion, like you said, nothing's really truly malicious or violent. They're just kind of there existing basically. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, well, we come up on our time, man. I man, I love to talk to you. I could have so much more I'd like to ask you and talk to you about. Maybe we'll have to do another. I, yeah, I'm down for any time, man. I got I got a lot of stories. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and listen, man, like, like I said, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I talk up Gettysburg a lot. But that place, I'm going there tomorrow to do a video at a, oh, uh, an old haunted mansion. So I should be dropping sometime uh, next week on my uh, on my YouTube channel. Yeah, talk about your YouTube channel real quick. Uh, what's, what's the name of it? And if you want, uh, like after the show, go in the comments, you know, like on my page and, and drop your link. 
Yeah, it's uh, Monodocs. If you see me on the screen, you should see my name on the screen. Uh, right next to my name is Monodocs. But um, yeah, it's one word, Monodocs. Uh, it's mostly paranormal explorations. Uh, it's me being a little scared here and there in like, you know, places by myself. Um, if you enjoy cemetery safaris, abandoned locations, some true crime here and there. Right. Uh, you know, I try to add more of a documentary fashion or style to my videos and try to make them more horror-esque. I'm a big horror fanatic. You couldn't tell these are all horror movies behind me and some old vintage horror uh, toys over there. Right. But um, yeah, no, Monodocs on YouTube. Check it out. Subscribe if you like um, spooky stuff. Well, cool beans, man. I thank you for coming to the show on, on, on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Like I said, we gotta do another, we gotta do this again. Uh, yeah, I'm down in time, time, man. Thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, and everybody in the chat, man, I appreciate you guys coming on as always. And uh, I don't know what my next show is, but I'll see you guys soon, I'm sure. And with that, good night, everyone. And man, Lawrence, thanks a lot, man. Hang on just one second, too, buddy. Yep, got it. Thanks.